It's that time. Welcome. I have been expecting you. It's running time. Welcome to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. I'm your host, Joshua Vandernord. Tonight, I got alongside me longtime show contributor, yes. Patrick Mullaney. Hi. And newcomer, Skyler, last name. Pacheco. Pacheco. Of course. I knew that. Yeah, I Thank you. Of course. So, uh, what are we talking about today, guys? I think we're talking about Back to the Future. We are? I believe yeah. it. I believe nice. it. Nice. So, Back to the Future. Yes. Where do we begin? Uh, well, it depends. It's either in 1885 or 1955 <laughs> or 1985 or 2015. Where? Yes, exactly. That is the question. But never 1935 hmm. or 25. Okay, so quick rundown. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the entire Back to the Future franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for, before our first break, we're going to be talking about arguably the best and first movie yes. of mm-hmm. the franchise. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Let me just say, rip Doc Brown. Yeah. If you spoiler alert, you know. I mean, it's not, but kind of not. Is is Christopher Lord dead? Oh no, is he? I don't think In so. In real life, I don't think so. I mean, Michael J. Fox ain't doing I'm, so hot. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I haven't thought about that. Is he? I didn't realize. Isn't well, he shouldn't be dead. I don't. I really. No, know. he he better not be. Uh, <laughs> nope. Our he's, time travelers. He's eighty. He's fine. He's eighty. He's eighty. Wow. He is hanging Six in there. Four. Six foot one and 80. Yeah. Nice. All right. So I got to say about this movie, Mm -hmm. maybe not now, but for a time, this was definitely my favorite movie franchise. Okay. Or uh, Back to the Future was at least my favorite movie. It's a pretty (laughs) solid franchise. It's got got action. Yes. It's got thrills. Yes. And most of them, importantly, comedy. Eh. Oh, come on. They're like comedic dramas. There's... Not a whole lot of jokes in the films. Not really. Uh, I mean, it's it's got its moments. It's, it's it's got some worn comedy over the years that we probably aren't laughing to anymore. There's a few jokes I'll give you. I feel like the comedy kind of goes with the, the references made to pop culture and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like realizing yeah. them, people kind of laugh along. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think it's more situational comedy Definitely. than like straight up jokes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? There's a lot of that. There's only I think in like and this is. We'll talk about it later, but in the third film, I think I only laughed, like, audibly twice, mm-hmm. and it was from actual jokes. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's right. I haven't laughed in six hours. That's <laughs> I would explain this comedy <laughs> thing that I'm going through. <laughs> now, were you laughing with the film or at the film? I was laughing at it. There, there were two things that happened, and I, I didn't realize – it didn't register exactly what was happening. And then once I processed it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Good on you guys. It's been, like, 20, 30 years. It's still pulling one over on me. I feel pretty yeah. good about that. <laughs> so before we get into the nitty-gritty of the movie, i got to ask you all. Mm-hmm. Kind of generic question, but if you could time travel once. And, I mean, you could go somewhere but come back and do something, change something. What would you do? Ooh, that's a really good question. Like time travel anywhere? You know what? I've, I, I've always had an obsession with, like, live music, so probably go see a concert. Mm-hmm. I'd maybe like Woodstock or something, or Woodstock. Or no, I, no. If if anybody knows me, I'd go see Live Aid live. Wow! Because that that concert starts with the best opening line ever, and it's it's seven a.m. in Philadelphia, twelve o'clock noon in London, and all around the world, it's time for Live Aid. It starts the beginning of Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, yeah, that'd I'd go see good. that all sixteen hours of it. That'd be pretty sweet. It'd be pretty good. Can't fault you for that. What about you, Skylar? Unbeatable. Um, I'd probably go to around the time the Beatles came to America, like 1964, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really amazing area era in like rock and roll. Yeah. So I definitely like to see that. That'd be pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Think That'd you'd be, be able awesome. to contain yourself because it's the Beatles. Um, I know I couldn't. I'm I don't a young know. Paul, I'd give him a high five, a hug, whatever. Oh, most definitely. I'm more of a George Harrison. But okay, I got right, you. We'll talk to you. <laughs> Fine. Well, I think you're missing the obvious uh, opportunities here. I'd go to the future oh, and oh, get the almanac. We're already in the That's future. That's exactly what I'd do. Already in the future. We have Bitcoin. You can bet on things now. True, but I'd have unlimited knowledge of success. Right. I, I have a really big issue with that almanac. I might actually go to a horse race. 
Just because yeah. I know I would win. There's, you know. there's a, a, how do you make millions of dollars in Hill Valley? Like, it's a oh. tiny, t- it's got like a thousand people. How do they make millions of dollars? Hmm. That makes eh, no you, sense. You I never guess know. like the Mets games and stuff like that, but that, that he, always bugged me. He probably like made enough money to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, in his I don't first know, game, but... his success was 30 bucks. Cool. It's 55. You could buy a new car with that. I, I don't think so. Wait. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not sure about like, that. Maybe like 20 times of gas and just travel around the country and bet on stuff. Probably mm-hmm. be enough. Okay, so back to the movie we're supposed to be talking about. The future, you mean? <laughs> yes. Oh. What did, we, what did we like about this movie? The first one, I mean. It's paced really well. Oh, yeah. I like, agree with that. Like the first, the first film is an hour and 50, I want to say, and within about 20 minutes, you're in the past. Like they're immediately time traveling. There's all this movement. You don't see McFly for a good, like, three or four minutes. They've got a lot of... The first one has uh, these really great, like, progressive layered one-shots. So you'll see the camera panning and moving, and it's on a jib, and then it's trucked around, and then it'll zoom up and down, something, you know, a human hand can't do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're these awesome shots that last several minutes, and then you have, like, a character reveal, and it's slight, and they're like, oh, it's over. And then in the background, either in a mirror or, like, behind something, another event happens. And they don't have to cut to it, but it's all simultaneous. It's mm-hmm. perfectly timed. And then you can get a lot of stuff done without having 20 cuts. And it feels very natural and very smooth. And you're like, oh, that was really cool. And she's talking from the mirror because we can't see her. She's out of frame. I, I love stuff like that. And that, the first film has tons of that. And it's done really, really well. Um. <laughs> no, I got nothing right now. You gotta, okay. You didn't like the movie. No. no I, get out of here. I don't know. Just seeing them all three back-to-back was kind of, I don't know, it just kind of, like, ruins parts of it for me, like, the repetition of, like, the scenes and that kind of thing. Yeah, you get the immediate, like, callback, and you're like, I saw that four Like, seeing the mother, like, three times, it's kind of like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom, is that you waking up? And we're like, we've seen this. They kept changing how long he had been out. The first one was nine hours, then it's, like, two, then it's, like, six. It's like, McFly, you've got some serious head injuries at the end of this. (laughs) Yeah. You've got some trauma. Join the NFL. You might get some treatment, but... Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I can understand that because I could definitely agree with the criticism mm-hmm. that the second movie is almost a complete copy paste of the first. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. So yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah, but it's pretty solid. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the best line of the entire series. Doc, you mean to tell me you made a time machine out of a DeLorean? Come on, that's iconic. And then the rest of it's more or less you forget it because I totally forgot tons of scenes that are in that film. Yeah, I kind of have to. I probably should have watched it. You probably should have. <laughs> it's, no. There's, it's... there's enough to clean those like movie clip sites. You can find those. And like that's really the most memorable ones. And then there's like an extra hour that goes on. You're like, I don't remember them doing laundry in the backyard. Why are they doing laundry in the backyard? It's the 80s, man. I see that you have to. Crazy. But it just seems a little strange. Oh, well. Yeah. I I think some of the best parts in the movie come from just the, like, jokes about time travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, shoot, what was I saying? Like, the, the like the subtle changes that it makes. Yeah. You know, like... Um, like the mall. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you, oh, you guys time. have heard about that. How like one mm-hmm. pine because he, like, runs into the first one. Yeah, it's called mm-hmm. uh, Twin Pines Mall. Yeah. And then he runs into the pine tree... And then when he comes back at the very end of the movie to that moment, it's mm-hmm. Lone Pine Mall. Or yeah, it's either like one or Lone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's very subtle, and you see it, and you're like, oh, I like that. There's also like posters in his room that change. Like when he wakes up from his bed, there's like a, 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 I can't remember. It's some other like movie poster in the background, and then and the film it's a concert poster or something. It's very mm-hmm. subtle. It's like all these little changes turn into you just having a different poster. I'm sure there have been like way bigger events that have happened since. Yeah, I think it's um, it's a fun movie to rewatch. Mm-hmm. When I say rewatch, I mean rewatch the first one. Yes, mm-hmm. not rewatch it beat for beat in the second one. No, it's no. it's not great. <laughs> beat for beat from different angles. True. In a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of which I have one over there. That's true. And I felt like a fly walking in here, and not nearly <laughs> as cool because it's Michael J. Fox, and I am not Michael mm-hmm. J. Fox. I hope not. No. no. <laughs> We'd have a serious conversation if you just found yeah, that out. Yeah, that'd be a problem. Be I wouldn't let you handle the buttons or anything. You know? <laughs> oh, 
Ooh. Man, 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 that's that's harsh. That's what? Real harsh. I don't get. It. That was our I don't know about that break. one. That, that was a bit much. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's my bad. Sorry, uh, is Michael J. Fox alive? He is. Most definitely. But I believe he is, so. He has a condition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well known. He does. Yes. He's anyways. a good uh, proponent of it. Yeah, well, I mean, he's... Anyways, we'll, we'll get back to it later, but... Uh, yeah, I just don't want to call out the wrong disease, because that's not great. It's Parkinson's. That's it. Yeah. I was going to say the wrong thing anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't worry about what oh. I was going to say. What were you going to say? Uh, MS or ALS, one of those. Oh, no. I think ALS is what, uh, what's his name, Han? Lou Gehrig's, it's the original. Stephen Hawking? Maybe. Anyways, I thought that's ice bucket challenge. Let's move on. There's no ice yeah. in Back to the Future, except <laughs> for the no. third one. There's only one ice cube in there. That's true. There's no refrigeration in uh, 1955. No. I don't believe so. No. No, 1955, most definitely. 55, yes. They're 1885. 85 is there's no refrigeration. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Learn something new every day. Are you just now realizing this? I'm yeah. Really I, I, I mostly pay attention to movies, not uh, class. Okay. So that's uh, that's my problem. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's my main problem. Mom, <laughs> when, when was the first time you had ice cream? Oh, 1982, I think. was the first time things would get cold. Sure I thought they did. just, like, kept it in rooms full of ice. I mean, they like, did. Uh, have you like seen, like, the old refrigeration It's in Red things? Dead Redemption, I'm pretty sure. But, I mean, in modern day... They have so, like, didn't you see Indiana Jones? Like the last one, he's in a refrigerator, and it's like the forties. That's that's fair. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. But granted, duty, that movie has like interdimensional aliens in it. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. I mean, yeah. we're talking about <laughs> only the fourth dimension in this film. That's all we're talking. That's about. yeah, that, that is, is what we are talking about. Fourth dimensional. Although we're kind of talking about the fifth dimension because it has to do with time travel. No, that's an interstellar. We're not talking about that. Time travel is the fourth. Mm-hmm. The fifth is something else. It's not. Uh, are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Google. Yeah, I'm because mm-hmm. I think uh, like the three dimensions. You know, that's uh, length, width, and height. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth is time. Oh. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I'm. So then, what's the fifth? Uh, oh, you were right. Uh, <laughs> apparently, it's point sure. counterpoint. Wisdom, yeah. mm-hmm. love, compassion. Oh, okay. Then interstellar makes a lot more sense now. Okay, this is interesting. Love transcends. Love, time. consciousness, compassion, peace, spiritual wisdom. They're all called the fifth dimension. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Oh. Interesting. Well, we know love isn't involved in the Back to the Future films. Well, uh, a little bit, is. but not the kind. Uh, not at the beginning of the movie. Did someone say Oedipus Rex? Yeah. We're not, no, we're not going there. <laughs> like, his Marty McFly's mom is an alcoholic at the beginning of the film. She is? Yes. She's like, drink, we, we first see her, and he walks in the house, and George McFly is doing papers for Biff or whatever, and she comes by and says, George, come to dinner, and he brings it on the table. And, like, she's holding a glass, and then she cuts to the kitchen, and she's just pouring vodka straight into it. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's clear. <laughs> it's pretty clear what's going on. And it's just open. There's no cap for the vodka, and she just pours one out, and we're like, all right, cool, that's like 12 ounces, Mom. You want to take it? No, you made some cake. Great. Yeah, I feel really happy about our family situation. Yeah, the the old high school marriage type thing. Yeah, it's it's a really sad marriage. Well, it ain't sad, but I think I think that has to do with um, George McFly. Yeah, George being is a huge pushover. He's a schleb. Definitely. Yeah. Which, which uh, I think... George McFly was probably my favorite character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, because uh, he has the most development, mm-hmm. yeah. if you know what I mean. He uh, goes from being it, and come to think of it, to being a millionaire. You're at the end is of he a millionaire? It. Yeah, he's like yeah, a writer at the end of it. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because come to think of it, I think Marty McFly has the least development in this movie. Yeah, like think about throughout it. the series, he technically does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just he learns he's. Don't He's, mess with time travel. Yeah, well, well, he, he didn't does. learn that. <laughs> kind of learned. Maybe it, by the third movie. By well, the third one, he's like, "We're done. We, yeah. we don't want to mess with the DeLoreans anymore. They're they're basically no. garbage." He he didn't because remember in the third movie, they come back from the wild wild west. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the time machine gets smashed. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's obliterated. And they're upset because, granted, they were going to go back and get Doc Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was still trying to. He, use he flew the time away machine. on his hoverboard. <laughs> Which now they realize is like a way more powerful technology to survive in the Wild West than anything else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And then, like, at the end of the... We'll, we'll talk about the third one in a bit, but, like, at the end of that, he's on a hoverboard going faster than the train that's trying to go to 88 miles an hour. I'm like, why did you just put the car on the hoverboard? Uh, well, <laughs> it I clearly could... can go that fast. Mm, and also, the amount of weight it could hold was pretty impressive. It's, in, it's extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when he jumps on it, it only, like, gives a little bit yeah. and then goes, like, right back to where it was. Yeah, it's fine. We could figure that out. And I'm sure, like, granted... The hoverboard was very small, very thin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of the components that make it mm-hmm. could be acquired in the old Wild Wild West days. I bet, to some extent, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with magnets. Uh, yeah, some um, sort of propulsive technology. Maybe maybe Tony Stark's in the Back to the Future universe and we don't realize it. That would be crazy. Well, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Just show up and be like, oh, uh, there's, there's Stark Industries. Doc Brown's just pissed in the background. He's like, don't, don't, don't mention that. I'm, I'm working over here. He's like, a, he's like the Hank Pym, too. Yes, he is. He's like, oh, we can't God. let I understand Mr. Stark now. get my time travel technology. <gasps> the Starks sense. have ruined everything. It all Perfect. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I've heard time travel is going to be introduced into the next Avengers film. I think they've already done time travel at some point. Doctor Strange Well, I mean, kind of, I mean, like, they've mm-hmm. dealt with, like, yeah, like time-ish how, how stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah, like how they get through. But they've never, like, had a movie where they go to the past or the mm-hmm. future, you know? Mm, yeah, that's going to be really fun. And I, they need to recruit lie, Doc Brown that. that floating uh, railroad locomotive. That's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, Thanos is uh, wrecking stuff, and yeah. then that just... <laughs> Like shows up and crashes into him, into the dirt. Just like and the idea of like a you know they're fighting and Thanos just like breaks the time stone and be like now we can never go back and fix it and just a DeLorean and like a flying train show up and they're like actually science totally can do this you don't need a magic stone and Stark would just look at them like wow. I could have told you Great that Scott but I Marty <laughs> we killed the Mad Titan Thanos <laughs> Great Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you how Thanos gets defeated. Okay, he calls Marty McFly chicken. <gasps> oh, oh yeah, he'd be dead yeah. after that. Yeah, it's him, Jason Bourne, the Men in Black, just all showing up. <laughs> the Men in Black show up. Uh, Captain, that'd be great. Captain Johnny Depp or whatever his real name is. Oh, Cap- Captain, Captain, Captain Johnny Jack Spittle. Yeah, well, Scottish for some reason. Yeah, there's yeah, magic. There's magic in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, there's like, like Cthulhu uh, time travel. More like voodoo, Cthulhu, I feel like. Cthulhu, but, um, is there a difference? No, there's somebody uh, else in that one. I don't remember. Voodoo's like magic light. It's magic dying. too. It's like dark it's, magic. It's Ooh. Pepsi Fresh of magic. It's oh. Pepsi Fresh Pepsi free? magic. Pepsi Free. Oh, Pepsi that's Free. Pepsi Free. <laughs> Who doesn't want free Pepsi? All right. Well, I think... Uh, on this show, we do a very good job of getting off topic. Yes. And on that note, we have come to our first break. So just a reminder, you are listening to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. Join a panel of fellow moviegoers on Running Time every Friday from 9 to 10, along with me, your host, Joshua Vandernoy. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. We'll visit the movies you love. You want to play rough? And the movies you loathe. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Yeah, you can say that again. Tune in to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. Great Scott. I know, this is heavy. You're listening to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. Still, we we can't resist dancing to that one. So much fun, except <laughs> except Skyler. Oh, yeah, Skyler. I'm not in my head. It was casual. <laughs> yeah. I love rock. Okay, yeah. that, that's fair. That's fair. You're getting into it. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so if you've been listening, which you are listening to, running time on 90.5 WACU. If you listen to the last segment, you know we kind of ran out of material on Back to the Future. I can still go on for a little bit, not going to lie. Please, go. We talk about the third one a lot. Yeah, Yeah, the third one is definitely my favorite. Um, I really enjoy the whole, like, Western component of it. Um, Also, like, the the actual, like, pop culture references, like the Clint Eastwood part with the um, bulletproof vest that was, like, shown in the second movie. I thought that was really well done. And also the Michael Jackson scene in the in the saloon when he does the moonwalk. I thought that was really funny. That's my favorite part of the movie. 
That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. I have... I haven't seen that one in years. Really? I forgot about the Michael Jackson part. It's actually, no, it's like there for like 10 seconds, and then it's surrounded by a really good film. (laughs) No, it is. All right. It's like the main clip people think of, like, oh, yeah, that and the train scene. But the rest of the Mm. film is really good. The part I remember is I remember, uh, what's his name in the movie? It's Biff's character. Buford Buford. Tannen. Tannen. Buford Tannen. Yeah, Mad Dog Buford. (laughs) Mad Dog Buford, yeah. He, uh, I remember... When Marty McFly first goes to the town, mm-hmm. he finds Buford Tannen, and uh, B- they try to hang him. You know, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they get pretty close. Yeah, they they hang him, and then mm-hmm. Doc Brown shoots the noose, yeah. mm-hmm. saving Marty McFly. Yeah, and he's got this like steampunk, oh, yes. homemade, <laughs> like giant scope sniper. You mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's got the cartoonish little right, like yeah. cross mm-hmm. at the end to, to mm-hmm. aim. I, I, that's the one part I remember from the movie. It's it's a pretty good part. Yeah. But, the, yeah, they get really close to just killing him, which is like the other two films, they're like, all right, we're going to beat him up, but we're going to go attack him. These guys are just like, cowboys, we're going to get him with a rope, and we're just going to hang him up. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're like, oh, should this film have been a harder, like, rating than it really was? Some, like, some got really close. Something else I thought about is, like, the entire Back to the Future franchise for Marty McFly, mm-hmm. takes place in, like, a really long weekend. I think it's, like, mm-hmm. well, actually, I think, like, in total over the whole, stu- uh, all three films, it's, like, 11 days. Really? Because he's in the first film for, like, a week. Then he's in the second film for, like, maybe two days between, like, all the times he travels. And then he's in the third film for, like, four days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because he's there for, like, a weekend. And then, like, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. in the whole time of, like, in 1985, when he gets back... It's been like an hour. And I was like, Marty, why do you keep changing your clothes? Except the morning. Every time he wakes up in the morning, it changes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Doesn't he like come back in the third one in like a cowboy outfit? Yeah, he's still in like Clint Eastwood get up. and Like he walks by his whole family and everybody and they're like, we're going to brunch. And then someone finally turns. Why are you dressed as a cowboy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They finally notice. Poor Marty. He must. Yeah, to his perspective, that was like maybe a little over a week. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty quick. He's like seventeen during the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like in the time that like his car is wrecked in the first one, he drives like twelve vehicles. By the time he gets to the last film, that's and true. he just finally gets to drive the truck he looked at in the first one. That's that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I just realized that uh, he he essentially goes from being Kevin in Home Alone one to being Kevin in Home Alone two. Because they don't really care about him in the first one. And even by the time his family's in a much better place financially and, like, socially and, you know, they're much more intimate and they talk about things and they're much more successful, they also don't really care about him. He's just sort of like, we got you a truck, son, but we're going to brunch and your brother's infinitely more successful than you are because he's, like, 30 and works at a, I don't know, the Truman Show for all we know. But, you know, get in the car. (laughs) That's pretty The cool. Truman Show. But he still lives at home, though. He's, well, he's 17. He's in high school. No, his brother. Oh, yeah, he does. And, like, like they all house. still live at home, but they seem more mature. I don't know. Yeah. Let's yeah. say his brother is, like, 20. Like 20-something. Mm-hmm. Like, 22, 23, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's 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 the 80s. It's definitely more economical to just live at home. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. my, my idea was that he no. was just, like, just came home for breakfast and then went to work. Or, like, that was my idea that it was always that. I just remembered something. Mm-hmm. He doesn't live with them because he makes a comment. He like uh, Marty McFly says, "What the heck is this?" Mm-hmm. And they go breakfast, and uh, he he, uh, he says something to his brother, and his brother says, "Like I always eat breakfast at mom and dad's before work." Oh yeah, he does. Right? Yeah, when oh, they're getting in the car he? when he yeah. shows up at the house. So I guess like he must live on his own, but he lives close enough to where he can go get a home cooked meal. Yeah, from mom Dang. and dad. Yeah. His family's pretty well off, and he gets a few concussions throughout all the films. But Jennifer, like, her experience throughout the film is like an hour during all of them. She gets knocked out in the second one and is gone for the entire second half of the second film. And then most of the third film, she's knocked out. And then she wakes up, and she's like, I'm just going to believe you're my knight in shining armor. And we're all like, we don't, we're not really connected to you. You could really just go home, Marty, and we'd be fine. Your family seems like they like you more. Yeah. Also, are we going to ignore the fact that in the future they have uh, neuralizers, like for Men in Black? Yeah, that's that is the funny thing. Or they have, like, you know, it's like some kind of technology. Like, a sonic yeah. he, like puts it, it like douses people. Yeah, he Wait, put, 
Was that specifically like Doc Brown's invention, or was that I'm not sure. just anybody could have that? See, well, that's Brown, what's curious because yeah. he didn't have it before. That's no. true. Um, and I'm just gonna say maybe it's the equivalent of like a taser in the mm, future. Maybe because like be deeply concerning if you could just buy a thing from any store oh, that yeah. just renders people unconscious instantly. I mean, they have that. They're called baseball bats. But, <laughs> but in the future, they're, they're like yeah, sound fair. amplifiers. That's true. Which, I mean, they're like Bluetooth devices, but worse because they only play one note. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it's definitely more sophisticated technology. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot less damage to the rest of the person mm-hmm. than a baseball bat. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. pretty effective, though. Yeah, that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. They also, I, I don't, I, I remember watching the second one. Did they make the comment that, or is it just like a, a reference that everyone else thinks about? Like they're flying through the air. They, they, they're like, well, we're going. We don't need roads. They go to the future. They're flying in like this future highway in the sky, and yet there are still lanes. Did they actually say a comment that they were like, why are there lanes? Is that well, they'd be uncivilized if we're flying in all directions? Because I always think that's in the movies, but it's not. It's not. Okay. Hmm. I always yeah. think that's there, and I just think about that, and I'm like. Because that's like an Aquaman, too, where, like, there's this big superhighway to get into Atlantis, and everyone's like, no, we're going to stay in this, like, relatively, we all acknowledge that this is the invisible tube we should be in. Like, okay. Well, I mean, it makes sense. And remember, in Star Wars, they have lanes, too. On, yeah, uh, yeah, Coruscant. on Coruscant. Yeah, they're just, like, just and, uh, everyone's on their lane. As a kid, I was like, why? You have a spaceship. Yeah. But, um, it, I mean, it makes sense because, like, you know... Today we have, with airplanes, air traffic control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's so the planes don't hit each other. Yeah. And that's like a real tedious process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, if you have a fender bender with a flying car, it's not going to end too well like for the parties involved. explosion in the <laughs> yeah. future. Oh, yeah. They have, like, nuclear engines in yeah, their yeah. cars that fusion, run on which is great. old cans, that. bananas, and anything. what was the other ingredient? Uh, it was an old can. He also poured the beer that was left in the can mm-hmm. and the banana. I think it was an egg carton, a few other things. Yeah, an egg carton. That's yeah. what it was. I mean, oh, yeah. We already saw how, like, fragile the vehicles are anyway when the DeLorean just, like, completely was well, destroyed. Okay, I know it was a train. The DeLorean is also a DeLorean. I know, but they it was. They weren't made by, like, expert craftsmen mm-hmm. in Italy. They're made by, like, two dudes named Chuck in Detroit. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it was you exactly the highlight of engineering for them. Yeah. The Germans were like, oh, this is a very impressive toaster. Oh, it runs with gas? Ooh. A gas-powered toaster. Should we get in this? Oh. I think they just, it just, like, pours little dribbles of gas on the toast and lights it. Nice. And that's how you get the speaking, toast. Speaking of toast, they have toast in the Wild West because of Doc. He, like, puts yeah. two metal sheets, like, over a stove, and he just pulls out toast. And I'm like, how did no one think about that? I'm like, oh, we had a stick. That's what we had. Yeah. He's got this whole, like, Rube Goldberg pulley machine, and I'm like, all right, Doc, you're going really chitty, chitty, bang, bang, and I dig it. <laughs> this is cool. I'm looking for Dick Van Dyke. Where is he? Oh, he's not here. Oh, man. He's with Mary Poppins some other time in the universe. Yeah. Can Mary Poppins time travel? I don't think so. I she mean, like, let's let's be real, though. She can go to Cartoon Land. She can do that. She can go to Chalk mm-hmm. Zone. Um, she can go to, she can, like, warp herself like Santa Claus. But she, what? I don't think she, yeah. What do you mean? She, like, gets inside of her bag at some oh. point and, like, does some, like, you she know, does? temporal space manipulation. Yeah. yeah. There's there's some She stuff changes stuff. her mm-hmm. physical appearance. Also, she stays pretty young. Like, even in this, like, new movie, like, she's still a very young woman. So. I think it's a different actress, uh, though. Oh, I, I oh, know yeah. that, obviously. <laughs> but the same, like, the character is still. Yeah, it's one of those, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, she's pretty cool. <coughs> Speaking of that new Mary Poppins, did y'all see that? No. Not yet. Not bothered. It was not good. Really? Mm. Yeah. And I'm not a big musical guy, mm-hmm. but I liked La La Land and Mary Poppins, and the new Mary Poppins was pretty bad. They're very mm. different films. Yeah. La La like, even from a singer standpoint, not, not like, really from good. a song yeah. point of view, it had one of the guys from Hamilton. Yeah, it's uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the guy who uh, created yeah. Hamilton in it. Yeah. And let me just say... That guy cannot do a good British accent. Yeah, no. He essentially sounds like us. Uh, he sounds like, cheerio, mate. We're going to go to the store this morning. Good, sound like good. Australian. Like, that's, that's the easy one. It, it sounds so bad. It does? Oh, dude, it's atrocious. Oh, that's not good. And it, I, like, mm-hmm. I've never seen Hamilton or heard any of the songs, mm-hmm. but um, 
looking for a mind at work. He did not sound good in, yeah, the, in the movie. And it may have just been because he was forcing that British accent, but yeah, it, it did not been, sound good. Otherwise, I mean, Hamilton probably made more money in its oh, first yeah. month than that movie ever will. Probably. Oh, I believe it. Uh, which is saying something considering Hamilton is huge. There's mm-hmm. even, like, I think it was yeah. a, a governor or senator. Or not, uh, it was uh, like a, um, it was a historian that wrote a play against Hamilton to correct all the, like, uh, missed historical like inaccuracies that they got wrong uh-huh. uh, because of mm. the play that everyone's like, oh, Hamilton's awesome. He's a great dude. And they're like, actually, no, he's terrible. And the play literally has like everything wrong with Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton play. Like, that's the name of it. Oh. Huh. And it doesn't have funding, and he was trying to raise money for it, and people were like, I don't think it's going to fly, man. I think... Hamilton is fine, even if it was made. Mm-hmm. You just get more publicity. Just write a frustrated blog like everyone else. Write a textbook. Yeah, so write, a, did, yeah. write what, a textbook. Did you say he was a scholar or something? Yeah, he was like a historian. Yeah, write like, a book. On. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, But you know what is good besides that? We're talking about time travel. That is true. Interstellar is very good time travel. Interstellar mm-hmm. is good. It's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think, Skylar, about Interstellar? Um, I actually haven't seen it in a while. I saw it when it first came out, mm-hmm. and I feel like in terms of plot, it was kind of lacking, but I really liked it in terms of, like, the actual production of it. Like, mm-hmm. that time when they go through the wormhole was, yeah. like, my favorite part. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Also, the mm-hmm. docking scene. Yes. Like, We're not going to make it. That thing's spinning at 1,000 mm-hmm. RPM, and he just talks to the computer, like, why don't we just match it? And the computer's like, I don't think it's possible. And then he's like, do it. I'm like, all right. I guess it's possible because we're doing it. I Never. love those uh, robots. Like, the robots were a really cool, unique idea. Yeah, they were great. For robots. Yeah, they were so much fun. They were like shape-shifting boxes. Yeah, they, they were like these infinite Rubik's Cube things. Yes, well, yes. And they just moved around. And the first one's, I think the voice is Matt Damon, even though Matt Damon's also in the film. I think Tars, his voice is also Matt Damon. Hmm. Uh, hmm. He has that very – because watching The Martian afterwards, I'm pretty sure it's the same. Um, but, like, those are really dramatic robots. And I love that they have, like, uh, like comedy settings on them. Yeah, I was going to like, bring that up. At the end of the film, up. and he's like, set a, you know, interest to 75, set this to this. And then he's like, set a humor to 75%. And then it says, an acting self-destruct sequence in T minus 10, 9. He said, do you want it at 60? And then it shuts off. <laughs> It's like oh, I like this. These are no, no, no. pretty he, stocky robots. He said uh, he said it to seventy five. Yeah, and then he goes uh, reset to fifty five percent humor, <laughs> and then so he stops the joking and it goes. There's like a long pause and he yeah. goes knock knock, and then he goes you want it to be fifty five or, or uh, forty five? So like yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, that's wonderful. So yeah, del- a delightful scene. Oh, you know? great! <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It's also visually like stunning. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I like. I kind of agree with Skyler mm-hmm. that um, the story was decent. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it and the char- like the acting was fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was more the visuals. Oh my god, and the That's grand okay. scale of no you know like showing us the mm-hmm. universe that mm-hmm. kind of made the film interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's also if you if you've seen the. Uh, like everything wrong with or CinemaSins did a video with them mm-hmm. uh, doing Interstellar and it, it implements audio from Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, Star Talk. So they keep like ripping on the film. They're like, black holes would never look like that. And they have the audio clip and it's like, well, actually they would. And it's like, oh, we have to take off Sins because Neil deGrasse Tyson is telling me that it's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> it's kind of hard to watch, but it's really funny. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's science. That's going to inspire so many kids. Great, and then you're like, she's standard on the planet. Maybe it won't inspire a lot of kids. Like he went through a wormhole, and he's like thirty something, and then his daughter's like one oh eight, and surrounded by like ten people dying, and he's like, I made it on this spaceship. I'm gonna find my cool girlfriend, not girlfriend person. Yeah, yeah. and Hathaway stranded on a planet with like a robot, which is cool. I like those robots. We should have a bunch of those. Yeah, keep her company. The big Seagate hard drive walkers. I, just, yeah. I want some of those. Her and Wally are just chilling on the wherever they are. Yeah, they'll find Eve eventually. That'd be cool. Yeah, eventually. exactly. That'd be cool. <laughs> so today we've kind of transitioned more into our time travel theme yeah. for movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just talked about Interstellar. Do we have any final thoughts on that? It's a long film. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is uh, two hours long. It's two hours long, and it's got some awesome music, and gravity is how you travel through time. Apparently, hmm. I don't know enough to 
confirm or deny that. I don't think Christopher Nolan knows enough to confirm or deny that, but he made the film, and I'm just going to believe him. Yeah. We already talked about love was the fifth dimension, and I'm pretty sure that's the reason that he sort of sums it all up. It's like, yeah. powered by love, and I'm like, all right, I don't know most love. of this film. This makes sense. Love yeah. is what transcends time. Love is all you need. Mm. I've heard this. Which is kind of, you know, it's kind of nice. Mm. Kind of sweet. Sure. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of campy, and, like, we just went through some serious stuff, and we're space traveling through wormholes and all this other stuff, and we're like, yeah, but y'all love. That's that's the solution to science and NASA. Love. Yeah, that's why we're traveling through wormholes for love. We're, yeah, we're looking for love. Apparently. We're not looking for, like, in, you know, intelligent life out there. We're looking for compassion. The human race, we weren't, like, dying or starving on that planet. Hmm. We were lonely. <laughs> we and just we found it on planets friendship. with no humans on it. Exactly. <laughs> it's terrible. Come on. Eh, well, well uh, to go off that, mm-hmm. I kind of want to transition into another type of movie. Still mm-hmm. time travel, okay. but kind of not. Mm-hmm. So, like, Groundhog Day, Happy Death Day, and... Uh, uh, Live, Edge Die, Repeat, yeah, yeah. or Edge of Tomorrow, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I know, Skylar, you haven't seen Edge of Tomorrow. I have not, but, but I've heard a little bit about it. It's like Groundhog Day with guns. Gotcha. And Groundhog yeah. Day is like Edge of Tomorrow with guns. That <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good point. Good point. I should have thought of that. Somewhere. <laughs> is there? Okay. It's, yeah, somewhere. There. I'm not sure about that. Oh, dude. I mean, he does. He sticks up the groundhog. He like does. one of the ways he like steals the groundhog. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Oh yeah. So he does. Connection. He does rob he does a, a Loomis truck. Yeah, I've seen the videos of people oh, calculating yeah. how many times he resets, right. and it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I I actually looked it up uh, when back when I first saw it. Apparently, they they did it so like he was in, like uh, for for the record, we're talking about Groundhog Day, not Edge of Tomorrow, right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> but Bill Murray, um, not Tom Cruise. Bill Murray lived. Something like 100 years in yeah. the loop. Mm-hmm. Something crazy like that. Of time. And originally, because I thought it was, you know, like a couple days or yeah. like uh, maybe a month. Mm-hmm. But no, it was years. Yeah. And apparently the a writer was going to do it for 10,000 years. That was his original plan. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a stinker. That, that sounds like a TV show, not a movie. Oh, d- Dude, yeah. that's genius. That's what would have happened. Hmm. Is there? No, are you about not, to tell? No, no there's not. No. Okay, that would be great, dude. <laughs> Groundhog Day, the show. Honestly, I'd watch it. Genius. <laughs> I although, I feel like if they did that, it would have to be some kind of action thing. You yeah. know what I mean? You think so? Yeah. They could totally make it like a 20-minute comedy. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Some something I liked about Groundhog Day and Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. Is uh, they never explain why or how these people are caught in a time loop. Yeah, they don't. They they, they just are. Yeah. And that's how it is. No, no, no. They explain well, in Groundhog Day. He's just a terrible person mm-hmm. for a hundred years. And then he finally impresses the girl that he may or may not be interested in. And then goes on a date and sleeps with her. And then time goes back to normal. That's true. Well, I feel like it's kind of like the Christmas Carol story, like yeah. the Scrooge. Like you got to finish it up with definitely. joy. It's love. It's all about. It's love. always love. It's always about love, dude. Yeah, Whoa. loved it. Oh my god. Yeah, the connection. <laughs> Have y'all seen Happy Death Day? No. no, no. I've heard reviews about it. It's not really worth watching, mm-hmm. but the the premise is kind of similar, except she has to stop her murderer. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's kind of like uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Because in Edge of Tomorrow, his day resets when he dies, mm-hmm. not when he goes to sleep. Oh. And so it, he could stay awake for multiple days? Yeah, or like in the same at certain points. Yeah. Like I think the longest he stays alive for is like two or three days. I yeah. Think. Mm-hmm. And then he resets and he's really annoyed and he's like, I bet I can beat that. Dang. It just gets, it, it yeah. progresses faster and faster and eventually goes from like, he survives. I think the minimum amount of time he lives is like six hours hmm. from like being on base to being on the battlefield and then like, you know, dies because there's like these cool like mech uh, like body enhancement suits they're sort mm-hmm. of using. It's the future kind of. Yeah, it's the future. Right. And there's okay. like these aliens that are called, they have the, oh, they have the mimics. mimics. They have mimics. the coolest mm-hmm. name ever and some of the coolest designs ever and they like go all over the place. 
Like, imagine the Demogorgon mixed oh. with Flubber. Whoa. Like, that's what it also, is. Also, like, I want to say squid, but they almost look like tree roots. Yeah, they're kind okay. of like that. Are they, like, really nice. big? They're, like, I'll, I'll pull they, There's, like, you, there's three different types. Okay. There's the grunts, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. are, like, the basic ones. And they're about the size of people. Okay. But, like, they're, they're like squid balls. And, like, <sighs> they, they, like, kind of shapeshift to move. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's bigger ones. I forget what those are called. They're called oh, they're hunters. They're called hunters. hunters. Yeah. And they they're like the size of like elephants. Wow. Kind of. Yeah. And then there's the like queen, you know, mm-hmm. and that's called the omega. Wow. And it's essentially like a giant seed. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Um, but like the concept is the the omega. Oh. It has the ability to like. Uh, manipulate its own perception of time. Mm-hmm. It can av- it like avoids its own death anytime it yes. feels it's in a scenario that like would harm it or put it in a situation where it's like certain destruction. Mm-hmm. It can like manipulate time enough that like goes to the point where it believes it can fix itself, okay. which is usually about a day. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. It rewinds time about twenty four hours, and like how it works is the hunters, which are the second biggest one. Mm-hmm. They're because they're like a hive mind, you know. They, like, telepathically communicate and whatnot. Mm-hmm. When those things die, it alerts the Omega and to, to rewind time. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, like, the premise of the movie is they start out, they're doing a surprise attack. Mm-hmm. But the enemy, the aliens are, like, waiting for them. Yeah. And they're like, mm-hmm. how is this possible? They didn't know we were coming. But mm-hmm. it's because they can manipulate time. And the first time Tom Cruise dies, mm-hmm. he blows up one of the hunters and its blood, like, like. It, like, merges with his brain mouth. before he dies. Okay. Yeah. So There's, the like, something about its blood and, like, because he basically blows himself up on accident, right. mm-hmm. which kills the hunter, and the blood goes in his face before he dies. Right. Giving him the ability to rewind his own perception of time. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Not consciously, though. Yeah. So he gets That's his wild. own, like, genetic, yeah. like, he, he's genetically on the same level as the hunters mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So the next time he dies, he's also in the time reset. Oh. But cognizant of it. Okay. So he realized, like, so in the first, like, two or three times, he's not quite sure how he's doing it. They realize he doesn't have control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, like, remembering, like, all the events that happen. And eventually he just gets more confident. But then he's like, well, I could just keep dying or I could start training. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what he does and becomes essentially unstoppable. Because mm-hmm. he knows where everything's going to happen. And that's sort of how he starts it, where he's like, I know, yeah. okay, there's going to be an alien coming this way. He's going to attack me mm-hmm. this way. And then eventually... It's kind of that merged with he's just really tactical and really strategic and just knows how to fight these things now. So it's kind of like a video game type of thing where it exactly, starts yeah. over. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But he gets better. And then, like, all his – he's not actually supposed to be there. He was, like, court-martialed and then he got sent to, like, the base. Uh, he's, like, one of the he, – he's, like, an – maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. He's, like, an ROTC guy <laughs> yeah. okay. to where he's in the military, but he doesn't fight. I think he's a oh. media guy is what he is. Yeah, he's he's the army's, like, media relations guy. Look, the movie itself (laughs) is not well written at all. No. He just, like, disagrees with this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the guy, no, that's not even it. The guy, like, is just like, you're going to fight now. Well, no, he he brings the guy in to be like, hey, we're going to talk about a new offensive. We think we're almost ready to face these things. They, like, Mm -hmm. keep storming. They're, like, covering half of Europe. They're unstoppable, and these guys come in and like, all right, look, we're kind of losing the war, but we've got a front we're ready to fight on, and mm-hmm. we want to publish about it. And he's like, all right, cool. We're almost going to win the war. He's like, no, we're not going to win the war. We're just going to go all out, mm-hmm. and we're probably all going to die, and like thousands of troops will die in these mech suits that are thousands and probably millions of dollars each. He's like, you want me to convince people that that's okay? He's like, mm-hmm. I don't want you to tell people about it. I want to, like, there's already propaganda in the film that's like, we're going to succeed. It's perfect, and... That's where um, mm-hmm. I don't remember the Emily Blunt's character's name, but she's sort of like the phoenix rising. She's like oh. the, the most amazing soldier that the yeah. international military has ever had. So they're like, she's the star child. Mm-hmm. Like, you should join us yeah. and fight because you'll get to fight with her or Valkyrie, whatever her name is. I got to correct you on a, a few things, though. Yeah. If that's all right. Oh. She is really good at fighting, mm-hmm. and she's famous because she was the only one who could defeat these things. Yes. And it's because she also got that power. Oh. Yes. Yes, which you find out later. Yeah, yeah, And Spoiling another thing is, <laughs> but, eh, whatever. It's, <laughs> uh, it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is uh, 
he because it's like a hive mind thing. Mm-hmm. He is now connected to oh. the mother, mm-hmm. the egg thing. Okay. And the more he dies, the more like attracted he gets to it, or like mm-hmm. the more he can sense it. So over time, he eventually is like, "Why don't I just go find this thing mm-hmm. and just kill it?" So it, it like resets, but that way they can't reset as well. Gotcha. So it's like relatively even playing field. Uh, so eventually, like, he goes through enough resets, and he's like, all right, I can start to get visions of where this thing is. It eventually, mm-hmm. like, if it senses that he's now part of it, and it's not, like, he's not a hunter, he's a human, it can, like, move locations, but he, he catches it, and he's like, all right, cool. I think it's in Paris. And they go investigate and find it. It's under the Louvre. And like, yeah. Oh. Cool. Brain also, brain. his weakness is blood transfusions. Oh, How yeah, so? What? Yeah. Yeah, that's how, yeah. He loses the power at the end, so he's like... It's this is our last shot, but now I can't come back. Mm-hmm. And it's because like it affected his blood, but then uh-huh. when he gets a blood transfusion, he no longer has the same it blood. Dilutes oh. it and he goes back to like so he so the blood that gets replaced is like normal human blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why he and like Emily Blunt's character had the same thing. Uh huh. Yeah. So. Wait. So her power was also so neither of them had powers. Oh. Yeah. Wow. In the end of the movie. So everyone who is involved in the war is reset, or is it only? It's just him. Or they're, oh. I mean, every, time is reset, but they're oh. the only one aware of it. Yeah, they're the only ones gotcha. cognizant. Yeah. Yes, cool that's wild. Film. It so, is totally fun to watch Tom Cruise get better and better at fighting, even though mm-hmm. he's been an action film for like forty years. Right. You're like you kind of suck at this, and by the end, it's like, I don't. Oh my god, we need him, Thanos, Back to the Future people, and we'll be fine. Endgame is going to be so much fun. Also, I just Ooh. want to note. People kind of give Tom Cruise crud mm-hmm. because he he he's he a good actor, but he's good at one thing, and that's Ethan Hunt. But yeah. in this movie, in the beginning, he's like he he does a good job of portraying like a wimpy guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then he goes once he's like battle seasoned, he goes into Tom Cruise mode. So would you say he's like early George McFly? And then by the end of the film, he's like uh, full-on awesome McFly by the end of it. Wow. That's We're bringing it back to to the future. Well, I hate to cut off this conversation. Why don't you finish up? we got to go. I was just going to say, with the whole back to the future, George McFly, like characterization, like development, I feel like he wouldn't change that much just from one, like, instance of, like, him standing up for himself. I don't necessarily see how that would change that much, but... I'll go with it. Well, again, in the movie, there's like months of time that's true. that go yeah. by. Mm-hmm. It's also his body never changes. Like that's the other thing. He goes through tremendous amounts of training, but his like he doesn't have muscle memory because it resets. So some of the things he pulls off are like, are your muscles growing? Like he never changes, and he's like punging through aliens by the end of it, even with the mech suit. And it's still well, like, seems a little also they have mech suits, so yeah, mech the suits. muscle thing doesn't really matter. They're pretty cool mech suits. When we go to break, I'll show you a picture of what they look like. Cool. Yeah. All right. And speaking. Of the break, we have to go to it right now. You are listening to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. Join a panel of fellow moviegoers on Running Time every Friday from 9 to 10, along with me, your host, Joshua Vandernoy. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. We'll visit the movies you love. You want to play rough? Say hello to my little friend. And the movies you loathe. <laughs> What a story, Mark. Yeah, you can say that again. Tune in to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. Great Scott. I know, this is heavy. You're listening to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. I couldn't have said it better to myself, Mm because I did. You are listening to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. Oh, okay. So we just got done talking about uh, Edge of Tomorrow slash Live, Die, Repeat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theme of this show is time travel movies. And we're going to be talking about Looper yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. Looper up My in this favorite place. time travel movie. Yo. Mm-hmm. yo, yo, yo. So much fun. Very fun. I like this movie. Uh, not because it's just because it is a good movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also I like movies that have clever dystopian futures. Yeah. Mm. You know, we're so used to seeing like in Terminator, everything's just destroyed mm-hmm. and there's robots there's and there's monsters everywhere. And wild, wild. Yeah. And all of them <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Ex- exactly. So I kind of like a future where 
it it's what you would kind of assume the future of us would look like. Mm-hmm. But it's gone a little downhill. Yeah. And there's also time travel and telekinetic people. Yeah, TK. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah. I love yes. that. It's also but, during uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's heyday. Like, he made, like, mm-hmm. four oh, yeah. films in one year. It was, like, that premium rush. He was in The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, and then he was in... He, oh, he was in... Um, what's the film he produced? Don John. That was, like, all in the same, oh, like, yeah. 14-ish month period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2012 was his year. And then he made a, a like, a, a little while later, he made a show called Hit Record Joe, based off his website. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really awesome, like, Netflix show you can watch. I think it's on Netflix now. They're, like, 20-minute episodes. They're all, like fan created and like contributed huge mm-hmm. they're really cool cool uh, that is pretty cool awesome creator in general hmm. yeah i also kind of like that the the telekinetic people mm-hmm. and the, for those of you who don't know telekine- telekinesis is the force from star wars the power to it's the force move objects with your mind just that part of the force like that's about it mm-hmm. yeah 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 and typically that's what people think, think of when the they film say the they force like 10% of the population now has, like, somewhat of telekinetic mm. ability. But it's really minor. It's usually, like... Yeah. They can only move coins. Yeah, that's the yeah. whole point. It's, like, it's interesting, but kind of minor. It's useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, there's much. really no other use to it other than I can float a coin, Yeah, mm. which is cool, but, like, he's not like Magneto where he can shoot a coin through some guy's right. head. Yeah. You know? It's a party trick. It's exactly. a party that's trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he brushes over in the beginning, like, the narration is like, eh, I can use it, but... I mean, if I blow really hard, I can also move a piece of paper. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. It's impressive to anybody. Yeah. It's just like a bad pickup line. Like, I can do this, baby. I'm like, all right, cool. And? That, yeah. That's it? That's all you got? Mm-hmm. He has a car. I'm going with him. You can float grass, for all I know. <laughs> and actually, Emily Blunt is in this movie, too. Is she? That's true. Oh, she's, the, she's the mom. <gasps> she's the mom of the... Oh, she is. Oh the kid goodness. who ends up being the rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rainmaker. Yes. The rainmaker. So such powerful. a subtle one. I like is that. a crime boss mm-hmm. in the future that you never see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie, which I can't congratulate it enough for this or praise Wait, it enough. He, he's a crime boss. I thought it was a terrorist. Yeah. The kid well, eventually grows up to be. Uh, isn't that what he becomes? No, he's a, he's a mobster, but mm-hmm. he like uses his, his powers. He has powers, by the way. Uh, to <laughs> to uh, he he has really good telekinesis. He has mm-hmm. full where he can he yeah mm-hmm. he can blow up houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. He uses that to get his way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, how would you not? Oh, that right. so he's a crime boss that takes advantage of his powers mm-hmm. for you know his own use, mm-hmm. but inspired by events that happened prior in his life that led him down a darker path. Yes. That's where Looper starts. So yes. just a point to the audience. Mm. I really recommend this movie. Mm-hmm. It's Me really too. good. It's great. So if you haven't seen it, as much as I probably shouldn't say this, you may want to turn off the show. Because we're going to get into spoilers, and it's not a movie you want spoiled for you. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't care, that's fine, too. Please, please listen. I need the money. No, I don't go. I don't get paid. Ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a, it's Ooh. a great movie. Yeah. And what I was, what I was saying, I can't praise this movie enough for its clever writing, and its, uh, what's the word? Like, um, world bending, uh, mm-hmm. world building. I mean, and setting up minor details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like we said, uh. There's telekinetic people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Rainmaker, who's a crime boss, has magic telekinetic powers where he can blow up stuff, crush people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You don't see him once. You do not see this character in that form at least mm-hmm. one time in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's only mentioned in secondhand accounts. Mm-hmm. And I have to praise it because it makes – it makes it like this scary presence. Oh, definitely. Because because you like you're imagining what does this guy look like. Mm-hmm. It's almost like reading a book but mm-hmm. watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. It's kind of like in a quiet place when you can't like see the monsters for a while, and it, it makes it even like more uh, frightening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, it's it's a hard sell. But we we kind of have to mention why there's time travel in the film. 
Yes, it is so a time travel movie. In the future, time travel is illegal. In fact, I've got the synopsis. It might just be easier to read it off that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the futuristic action thriller Looper, time travel will be invented, but it will be illegal and only available on the black market. When the mob wants to get rid of someone, they will send their target 30 years into the past, where a Looper, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, for instance, a hired gun, like Joe, oh, it says it in the synopsis, great, uh, is waiting to mop up the body. So essentially... Uh, you you find somebody you don't like anymore. They aren't settling their debts. You can send them to the past, so it gets rid of the body and gets rid of evidence. Mm-hmm. They kill them in the past. In the past, they have no idea who the body is because there's probably no records of that person. And it's like a, a win-win, perfect situation. But it's a really limited use. Uh, and then Joe is getting rich and uh, life is good until the day the mob decides to close the loop, which that's sort of the, the catch-22 of it all. Loopers are they're hired guns. But the idea is we're going to send, you know, let's say the mob. We don't like this guy. We're going to send him back 30 years. You're going to kill him. You're going to hide the body. And usually with the uh, the guy they send back, he's usually tied up in, like, cuffs and has, like, gold bars on his back yeah. to, like, compensate for him. And then after 30 years or so of you doing that, you've eventually caught up to when they would have sent them back and they retire you, which is mm-hmm. they tie you up with doesn't matter how much money and how far you've gone in the world and – all the riches they've given you from this, they tie you up and they do the same to you. Yeah. They tie mm-hmm. up you as the loose end. And the loopers know this. Yes. They oh, yeah. know that they at one point will be executed. Mm-hmm. But that that's kind of thing. They kind of go into it. There's like a seedy underbelly of like, you know, the drug world yeah. in this movie. The and they get cool, like yeah. junkies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they and they prep them up and train them. Yeah. They bring mm-hmm. them out of the slums to be killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they get these really cool, like, blunderbust shotgun things. Yeah. yeah. Which just look like laser cannons that just project, like, concrete at them. Like, it's just oh. this super dense thing. It's awesome looking. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet shotgun. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's also got Bruce Willis in it. So that's fun. Oh, yeah. 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 Good, old, good old stone face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They both play Joe, uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett's character, mm-hmm. Joe. Yeah. One is Joe in the, in the credits. Bruce Willis is just old Joe. Old Joe. Uh, and the the thing that makes Looper really cool is that, you know, everyone knows this. They present this in sort of like uh, a narration at the beginning of the film. They bring you up to speed. And then there's, you know, we're, we're focusing on Joe. And Joe ultimately is like, well, I'm eventually going to get sent back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it sort of like progresses through his life. And he makes millions of dollars or whatever. And he travels the world. And eventually they find him. And the mob that essentially finds him that he's kind of been working for and eventually is ready to retire him. He's in, like, Japan or something with his wife. He's, like, 60-something. They get his I wife. I it's Hong Kong, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, he, he comes back, and, he, like, they kill his wife, and they send him back. And mm-hmm. before that, he realizes or discovers that the mob who is— oh, that makes a lot of sense now. The mob who's been hired him and eventually is setting him back is controlled by the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, now he's got a grudge— but he also knows the setting, and he's like, well, if I'm going to get set back to me, I know how I'd react, and sets up this chain of events that's like, I'm going to work the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really fun to watch. I think, sorry, sorry, you go ahead. I feel like it's kind of ironic how throughout the entire film, it's kind of him trying to save himself, mm-hmm. when in the end, he kind of, spoiler, like, gets rid of himself so that he can save the whole, like, world in the future, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, yeah. Oh, what's the, they have it something oh okay. they close the loop mm-hmm. yes that's and yeah. then he just erases the loop yeah he's like gets exactly. rid of his future self um and what essentially he does is gets away from his uh younger self runs off and is mm-hmm. like well i know who the rainmaker is he eventually finds out his name yes and he goes when mm-hmm. he goes back in time he just goes to the phone book and there's like five kids because it's 30 years in the past he's like mm-hmm. All right, there's five kids with this name and then it reminds you that it's rated r because there's a scene where Bruce Willis, like, it's a shallow shot, walks into somebody's backyard, and there's, mm-hmm. like, toys on the ground. And you're like, he's holding a magnum, and he's just going to shoot a kid. S- a kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, it, like, cuts between the scene. I'm like, you know what happened. And, like, mm-hmm. by the time he gets to and he finds the kid, and he's like, there's three already off the list out of, like, the six or seven. And he's like, Bruce, are we going to talk about this? Ugh. Like, there's some serious stuff that you had to go through, but I think we can talk about it because – no matter what, you were wanted by everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. committed an atrocity. 
I think it definitely, I, like, continues that motif of, like, what you don't see is worse than what you actually would see. Like, your mm-hmm. imagination definitely makes it a lot worse than it would be. I exactly. Like. You only see the aftermath. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's something I, lo- I said I love about this movie. Mm-hmm. I also want to bring something up. Um, they introduce a concept that when it comes to time travel mm-hmm. that is really horrifying. Go ahead. If you remember... Earlier on in the movie, there's another looper, not mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah, yeah. who uh, he gets himself, like he's about to close his loop. His mm-hmm. future self gets sent back in time to him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and his future self is singing a song mm-hmm. that his mother sang to him as a kid. So he knew it was his future self, right. and he couldn't bring himself to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he lets, he lets himself go. And you're not supposed to do that. No. So mm-hmm. the mob of the past starts hunting that character down. Mm-hmm. Right. And they catch the younger self of that guy. Mm-hmm. And the older self is still on the loose. And y- you see him walking. And then he, like, starts, like, oh, he, he like, looks like he's oh, in yeah. pain. Mm-hmm. And he pulls back his sleeve and oh scars start mm-hmm. forming in his mm-hmm. skin. And it's an address. Yeah. And they're like, come here. And, and it's not like cuts. It's not like he's being cut. It's like scar, like healed tissue right. that's been there for a long time mm-hmm. because they're cutting a message into the younger self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it gets really terrifying because it cut like it cuts away. And when it cuts back to him, he's like limping. He's like missing an arm mm-hmm. and like the arm socket is healed because they're just they're just starting to cut off pieces Mm -hmm. of this guy his his leg disappears and like he has burns on his face Mm -hmm. it's so creepy it's a hard film to watch oh yeah this is a rated r film it's a hard r i like that somewhere it says crime drama and fantasy push that a little far Um, (laughs) but yeah this is this is a very hard film to get through if you're a little queasy uh just go watch snowpiercer and you'll be fine is that any good? I've never seen Snowpiercer. Uh, if, if you don't recognize the name, you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> well, I mean, I know what it is. Okay. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that, that film is slightly more tame than this one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is it time travel? No. Okay. It's uh, future stuff. Willy Wonka in the future. It's about a train. It's about a train that goes through the snow. It goes around the world in the snow with Chris Evans, Captain America. Chris and, Evans. And uh, one of the older doctors from Doctor Who. It's really fun. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Good cool old. And One of the old, which old doctor? Uh, the war doctor, John Hurt. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's really fun to watch. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go to a break. You're listening to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. Join a panel of fellow moviegoers on Running Time every Friday from 9 to 10, along with me, your host, Joshua Vandernoy. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me sure. We'll visit the movies you love. You want to play rough? Say hello to my little friend. And the movies you loathe. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Yeah, you can say that again. Tune in to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. Great Scott. I know, this is heavy. You're listening to Running Time on 90.5 WASU. Still love bopping my head to that. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to do it every time. <laughs> well, I think we've about come to the end of our main show, which is about time travel. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a, is there anything else you want to bring up before we get into the highlight zone? Not really. I mean, uh, there's Time Cop, which is just a cheesy... I've never heard of that, and, and I don't Claude want Van to. Damme in, like, a, it literally, they're cops. It's like, imagine Robocop, but works, uh, and they travel through time correcting people who misuse time travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a train robbery at the, or not a train robbery, but like a, um, a carriage robbery at the beginning of the film, and they bring like lasers out, and it's pretty bad. Uh, and then there's also, I'm trying to think, there's a time traveler with Guy Pierce, mm-hmm. or that's the time machine, and then that's really about it. There's not a whole lot of other great like time travel films that come to mind, unless we're talking oh. about like weird Marvel or superhero obscure stuff. Well, I really yeah. enjoy, like, romantic time traveler movies. I mean, I don't know, like, About Time and The Time Traveler's Wife are actually really good movies in terms of, like, 
science, I feel like, even like even though it's like a romantic comedy, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, there's there's been a little development in the studio. We're going to go to an even quicker little break. Sorry about that, everyone, but we will be right back. You've entered the Highlight Zone. And we're back. Uh, yeah, we're sort of back. Yeah. <laughs> because of recent developments, we're going to cut the Highlight Zone really short to like a minute or two. Yeah, we're gonna. We're just gonna give you a quick summary of what came out this week. So, what came out this week uh, was a few trailers. There's a hustle, which is about two con arts women that looks pretty fun. It's got a Rebel Wilson and and Hathaway Mm -hmm. in it. Then we've also got Yesterday, which is a sort of mock time travel ish music uh, movie, which relates to uh, a world where the Beatles don't exist, but only one man knows all the Beatles songs and becomes essentially an international sensation. Uh, and there are repercussions because of that. And then we've also got a Tolkien trailer that's about the guy who wrote Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. That's going to be interesting. It looks sort of like the Christopher Robin movie that we got. Uh, not the most recent one, but something about um, the like Hundred Acre Wood movie that we got a few months before that one, which was about the writer and uh, what he went through with his relationships and such. We also got a Frozen 2 trailer, which just dropped, which looks interesting because uh, I didn't watch the first one, even though it made tons of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently she's got a girlfriend in it, and that's what everyone's talking about. And I'm like, I'm oh. cool with this. Uh, the animation looks great, but then again, it's been seven years since the last one, so I would hope it looks better, uh, and it does. And a lot of the same characters are returning. Well, it doesn't feel like that long since the last one came out. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's, oh, it's maybe not 2012, mm-hmm. maybe it was 2014. It's 13. 13. Okay, so it's about yeah. six years. It's still oh. pretty extensive. So that's a wrap-up of our trailers. Uh, a quick box office summary. Uh, it's still leading the week with Lego Movie 2, the second part. Uh, not as strong of a lead. I think the first one opened at like 100-plus million weekend. This one's not holding strong at the moment. That's followed by What Men Want, the sequel to What Women Want from the 90s with Mel Gibson, uh, or like a spiritual successor. It's not quite a direct sequel. Then we've got Cold Pursuit, whatever that's about. Uh, oh, it's that Liam Neeson movie before he did that interview. Ooh, that wasn't great. Then there's uh, Upside <laughs> and A Little Battle Angel at number five. Uh, that one's doing okay. That just came out today. It's doing all right. It's Cameron's or James Cameron's first movie in a while. Though I don't yeah. think he's directing it. I think he's producing it. Mm. Uh, not absolutely certain on that. And then that's followed by Glass, uh, leading both of which at around $8.5 million. It's still holding pretty steady. And considering that film was made on $20 million, I think mm. M. Night Shyamalan's like, return on investment is like... Not that great. No, it's it's insane. Most of his budgets are like... Ten to twenty million dollars, and usually he gets like three to four hundred million back. Like oh, wow. he's not an wow. amazing director, but like <clears throat> he makes low-budget films look really easy, and then makes a ton of money, and then he gets more stuff. To round it up with the top ten, we've got uh, the Prodigy, isn't it romantic? The Green Book and Aquaman at the very bottom at number eleven, with about four million dollars. Just under that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. All right, so I uh, appreciate everyone listening, and I appreciate my panelists for coming tonight. Quick preview of what's yet to come. Next week, we are going to be talking about Netflix original movies and some TV shows, yep. specifically uh, Bird Box, Black Mirror, Stranger Things, Stranger mm-hmm. Things, Bandersnatch. Yeah. Yeah, all those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're a fan of the Mackie move, we will be having Mackie Gallagher and Clay Councilman joining us next week. So that'll be exciting. Rock and roll. After that, we uh, the week following that, we have Terminator. And uh, after that is uh, Spring Break. But shortly then, we will be talking about Captain Marvel That's gonna and be Black Panther mm-hmm. in yes. one show. So, it's enough to fill up one show, definitely. That'll be exciting. Yes, it will. <laughs> Indeed, Mr. Connery. All right. That about wraps it up for running time on 90.5 WASU. I'm Joshua Vandernord. I'm Patrick Molini. I'm Skyler. Pacheco. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening.